0: Coote,
1: Coote right through. Got a pass on to Brass and Brass is in for the try. Oh, so easy. Nettie to Flannery, Flannery to Rickardson, Rickardson to Fletcher. Fletcher puts the arm up and he goes over. Fletcher scores. Now it's one-way traffic. Williams has got the ball, gets it on to Maloney, sets himself, kicks for Tupo. Tupo and Williams. Tupo! Tupou! Daniel just flying at 39,000 feet and no turbulence to be found. Eight metres away from that line and here's a run for Vera.
2: While Coach Robinson was getting some much needed rest sitting back on his smoky Dawson recovering from the effects of COVID well it was Jason Riles and Matt King that led our men our troops up to North Queensland well it was a mano a on to Teddy well Naguama crossed the stripe for the first time and if you thought Momoroski was a cocktail well get me another drink because he crossed the stripe off some beautiful work from Toops what a weekend to be a rooster but it didn't end there for the roosters at a ground that Silky calls the eighth wonder of the world Leichhardt Oval on Sunday coach John Strange again led our beautiful women out there the nrlw sydney roosters against the much favored championship broncos well what a game of football what a tussle what an arm wrestle and what a win belief is the key and believe they did welcome to roosters radio week four what a strong performance right across the park from ball to boardroom bells silky what did you see
0: what a weekend to be a Roosters supporter. It was fantastic. Two outstanding games on the weekend and, oh, just pumped. Just pumped to be a Rooster.
3: Yeah, it was a great weekend to be a Rooster. Some amazing performances, both in the men's and women's. We're going to be talking to our NRLW coach, John Strange, on this week's show. And I'm really looking forward to that. But I think we should probably just touch on that because it was the most recent game. Sunday's performance, the girls down 16-0 first 15 minutes. They lose a play to the sim bin. They then score a try and the game changed. It was an amazing comeback. I heard Co Strange post-match talk about belief. Bush, you just touched on it in the intro there. It was an amazing game of football and the fight back, wow, it's one for the ages.
2: Absolutely. And I've got to tell you, what a terrific standard of football bells and, and how classy were they? And they just did not give up.
0: Well, not only that, they haven't given up on the season. They lost their first two games. They had to win.
3: They got there purely by luck because the Broncos towed up the Parramatta Reels mm. and so they, it was basically they had to rely on other results yep. and they stuck through and everyone including all the press wrote them off they thought there was no way the Roosters could beat the Broncos
0: But that's that belief that John has in his team. We interviewed him up at Captain's Club uh, a a few weeks ago. It was just after their first win. And one of the questions I had to him was, what do you got to do here to make it through to the final? And just even in that interview, he believed that they were going to be there and they are on Sunday against the Dragons. I can't wait to watch his game.
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, it's going to be an outstanding afternoon of football. And uh, Roosters fans, you know, you want to glue yourself to the TV or fly yourself to Redcliffe because what a great. Opportunity just to see Roosters in another GF against the Dragons. Haven't seen it since 2010 or 1975
3: 38-0. Yeah, how good was that? Speaking of good results, Saturday night, our boys, wow. they turned up again. Thank God. But uh it was a dominant performance. It was over at half time, you know, plenty to talk about and plenty to like. Obviously, jw starting, I thought he was you know, added that bit of starch up front. In fact, Victor Radley even mentioned it after the match in his interview with Fox. Uh, but, you know, you said it earlier, Bush, Joey Manu, wow. Yeah,
2: just a, a masterclass. I mean, Manu just showed every single skill that you need to be a dominant rugby league player in that position. And, you know, whether it was in the air, you know, flick pass to Kevin Naguama to give him his debut try. And there are no nude run for Kev. So, you know, there were so many things to like, you know, he, he was so strong in defence. Uh, you know, just that carry... Uh, you know, when he gets the ball, he's just so elusive. Teddy Bells, I know we talked about how strong Teddy was. When he goes well, he goes amazingly well and the team goes forward. But I've got to tell you, Jared has to start. He just, he doesn't look, he, I reckon he expends so much energy off the side of the bench. I reckon his legs are probably shaking to try and get on. He, he, he's like a pit bull in a cage and he needs to get out there at the beginning because he lays a platform,
3: I believe. I couldn't agree more. I think there's a safety net around the players when they know that he's on the field. Yep. In that softening up period. You know, he is our spiritual leader.
0: Oh, well, he's a leader, yeah. yes, yes. and I
3: think the players around him, when he's there, particularly in that first 15, 20 minutes, they thrive on that. They build off it. And so players get energy off that. So I, I think, to your point, Bush, he, he has to start. Uh, obviously, we're not the coach, but last weekend's result was anything to go by. Uh, he, he certainly made a difference.
0: Well, if it was the performance of all the forwards... Like yeah. they all lifted and played. The, the wall was back. The Bondo wall was back as well. I mean, they only scored one try. We defended really well. And just across the park, I, I found it hard to pick a man of because yeah. men of the match. I mean, I, I think Manu may have got it, but every player played well on Saturday night. I, I loved the matchups. I loved Val Holmes versus oh, Manu. I thought brilliant. that was fantastic. I also loved. Toops versus Phelps. Um, yep. I believe they moved him over to the other side so that they defend. They were on each other because you need those two, you know, the height of them both. That was a great matchup. up Toops is just on fire. He's just getting better with age.
3: Daniel Tupu consistently is one of our top three or four players. Those tough carries out of our own end, you know, Robbo touched on it the other week where he said he owns the air. Well, that try or that touchback for against Kyle felt. Uh, you know, he was dominant there. He's getting better with age. When he started, there was a drop ball in him or a mistake. Very rarely do we see that these days. And if it does, okay, we we can live with it. But, you know, more often than not, he's doing plenty of good for the boys.
0: And not only that, it's his return metres, the yeah. kick return. He, he's so strong.
2: Yeah, big, strong, lanky, unassuming, hairstyle of a Spartan and just gets <laughs> the job done. And he's 21 tries behind the great count Anthony Minicello yeah. to break the all-time club record. He's just about to eclipse Sean Kenny Dow. Uh, so, you know what? I think Toops, you know, father time's coming to some of our players, but not him. He just seems to be maturing and getting better or younger.
0: Another one for you, Radley versus Tal Malone. Yeah. What well,
2: do
3: you think? What, what you about think? the defence? <laughs> yeah, What about when he picked him up and drove him into the ground? I was watching it on Fox, obviously. It's Andrew Voss, you know, he, he talked about it. The way he just picked him up and drove him into the turf. i got to say, I, I think uh, Victor, you know, won that battle and it was great to see him score as well. I do think he ran the ball a bit more than I've seen him the past three weeks, which is good. Uh, obviously, getting some confidence back, uh, and, and and for mine as well. I thought the performance of Luke Carey. I mean, both halves, but in particular, Keary, Just the way he steered the, the players around. I, I thought he f- starting to find, you know, his feet a bit. It, it's worth noting, and Jason Rose said this in the press conference. A lot of our players were pretty underdone coming into this season, mm. be it through long term injuries like mm. Luke Keery, uh guys like Joey Jared Wire Hargraves, Joey Manu. They've, they've had surgery in the off season or towards the end of the back end of last season. So they didn't get a lot of that pre season training under their belt. Mm. Uh, and I thought, you know, particularly the past couple of weeks, we, we were flat, particularly in that first week. We just, it was a different team that ran out against Manly. So if we get that consistency back, I just think with football, getting miles in the leagues. We will improve as a football team.
2: Yeah, it was really interesting to see uh, Jason Rose in the press conference and, and see Kingy and you just noticed the footage in the dressing room, you know, um, they, you know they're know having a lot of fun. They look like they're really enjoying it. You know, they had a big laugh at something Kingy was saying after the post-match address. And you could just see that, uh, you know, there's a lot of joy and fire in the camp. And you know what? They've had a bad day at the office in the, in the week before and they've turned it around in seven days, which is no mean feat. And it's good to see that, the you know, working together as a unit and people are playing like it was Victor with two, um, you know, ball in two hands and, you know, like taking on the opposition, being that second 5-8 role. You know, young Sam Walker, he's defence exceptional again. He was really, really good. I know he's been, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about the commentators are going to be kicking. And you know what, and Teddy came out and defended him in the press conference, said, mate, he's only young, he's getting better, and we'll give him time. And I reckon that's true. I think you'll find that he'll be a bit more sharp shooting and pinpoint in future.
3: I think we should acknowledge uh, both Rolsey and Kiggy getting the first W as coaches. Absolutely. Uh, Look, it was a tough week for the club. Uh, Because of the weather, we couldn't get a place to train. They went up to Queensland earlier than they uh, wanted to. Obviously, Coach Robinson was unavailable so there was a lot of moving parts mm. and I think you know hats off to both the coaching staff and the leadership group bringing them all together to put a performance like that they, they, they probably had excuses to be distracted but uh, you know the way they turned up uh, particularly for each other was it was great to see and congratulations to both coaches on uh, notching up their first W as a, an RL coach I don't know how that goes in the, uh, the record books Bells
0: no, I'm not sure about You're that. You're a one. resident statistician, is it? <laughs> is it a, is it a w is it a W for the coaches or does does Robo get that one? Well, I think Robo gets that one. I think I th- just speaking does of stats that way,
3: I've no idea. Just speaking of stats spells, I think at half time we were completing at about, you know, low eighties or ninety percent. I thought that was the difference too. Mm. If you go back to the week prior, uh just the way that we controlled the football, I thought that had a lot to do with uh, you know, the result there last Saturday night.
0: Yeah, we completed 35 out of 45 sets um, and a very big improvement. You're right, mid-80s it was, around half-time, dropped down to 77% at the end of the game, but we had 55% possession, so we didn't have all the ball, but what ball we did have, we did well with it.
3: What was frustrating from from my point of view is every time – the Cowboys had the ball in that first half. We'd give away a penalty and piggyback them up the field. Mm, mm. Uh, they, they were pretty off, i got to say, on Saturday night. You know, there was a couple of sim bins I thought were pretty three, tough as well. Three, two the, of them the first, The first one was fair. The second one, I thought, oh, geez, that was a, 50 yeah. crawl. And then the, the one around the chops, I don't know. That's that was ridiculous.
0: I think it was but the first time we were on the other side of the whistle, really. Yeah, like but I've
3: got to say, we, we did piggyback them out of their own end mm. in that first half, I reckon, half a dozen times. They've got to tighten that up too, just that discipline. Against the good sides, they'll make you pay.
2: I thought Momorowski was very, very good too. You saw him a couple of times in the air, you know, diffuse a couple of situations where the ball went up there. And, you know, right across the park, you know, Kevin O'Gorman getting over the line. He was very solid on the wing. Yeah, I thought he was good. You could see the class, everything we talked about, you know. uh, know, A couple of grand finals over there with St Helens and, and some victories, of course the The level of experience he had just looked it looked amazing. He looked so settled. So right across the park, you know, from one to thirteen, we were very very strong. Lindsay Collins up front impressed me. Natty
3: Butcher. I thought the bench rotation worked yes, a treat. That was really good. I thought good. that was they did a really good job of uh, when we replaced our big men. The go forward, it, there wasn't a drop in intensity. So I think JWH came off first. Lindsay went on just bang straight into him. Mm. Then Siwa came off and uh, Crichton came on. So there was just waves and waves of of Big men running towards the Cowboys. I think that uh, that was a big difference as well. Absolutely. Well, you're on Roosters Radio. We're going to be going to a... Well, you're on Roosters Radio. Before we go to our first break, just a shout-out to our Central Coast women's Roosters who uh, got the cash on the weekend in the uh, country championships, undefeated, of course. Uh, they had a 14-6 victory over Newcastle Maitland. And that's a great segue into our next guest, the one and only John Strange, after the big victory against the Broncos. <laughs>
2: Roosters fans, well, you know it, what a day it was yesterday out there, as Silky calls it, the eighth wonder of the world, Leichhardt Oval. Well, we've got the ninth wonder of the the coaching (laughs) world on here, Roosters Radio, John Strange, the coach of our NRLW team. What a fantastic performance. What a weekend, bells for girls football. I mean, you must be so proud being a former footballer yourself and someone that would love an opportunity to play the, uh, the tackle game, but it's so exciting. John, welcome to Roosters Radio for the first time.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: We'll get to yesterday and the excitement and what's been built and then obviously the week ahead shortly, John, but could you just take us back a little and, and tell us a bit about your journey in rugby league? We know that, uh, you know, you you played a bit of football yourself. Our, our Roosters Radio fans would love to get to know who's at the helm of our coaching of the NRLW side. So you mentioned to us off air from the western suburbs to uh, Featherston. Yeah,
1: yeah, look, yeah, I played the junior through the junior grades at um, Canterbury and then uh, the Dragons. Um, and then, yeah, when I was 21, I went over to the UK. I um, wouldn't have a crack over there. It was always something that I'd dreamed of as a young kid um, playing over there. So I had the opportunity to head over to, um, over to England, ended up at Featherston Rovers, north of England. That was, a, that was a real culture shock going from west of Sydney to, um, to Featherston old coal mining town up there and yeah certainly different people really lovely people but i think it took me probably two weeks first two weeks at training to actually understand what the coach was saying um, <laughs> yeah, their own language and um yeah but look i, I ended up uh, meeting a girl there after six months and married her so um, i still don't understand her after 25 years <laughs> so we
2: but don't understand yeah. any of our girls mate really don't yeah, it not matter
0: what language <laughs> it's a bit of a common problem <laughs> <laughs>
2: John, uh, you know, you come back and, you, and you, you get yourself into into coaching and there's an opportunity to set up, you know, what is known as a fantastic rugby league nursery, uh, you know, and you've spent five years building the Central Coast Roosters. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that journey and then how that led into Pathways for, for Tasha Gale and then all of a sudden, you know, the NRLW coaching? How's the journey been?
1: Yeah, look, it's been great actually. had the opportunity um, six years ago now to... Uh, I live on the Central Coast. I've been on the Central Coast for 20 years, but six years ago I had the opportunity to actually work for the Sydney Roosters, but um, based, you know, in, in the place that I that I live. So a lot of good rugby league players, uh, mainly the males, for a long, long, long time coming out. Mm. Um, and but also now there's a lot of lot of girls, lot of young girls taking up the sport in on the Central Coast. So. Yeah, had the opportunity to work as the development um, manager here, and um, just really try and build the program up. Um, you know, we've had a lot of success over the last last couple of years. It's sort of taken a while to build the program up with all our our squads, but yeah, there's a lot of good people up up on the central coast that have put a lot of um, a lot of hours in, and you know, helped to sort of create what we have up here now. So, um, but as far as the girls, yeah, we started up in 2020. Uh, we started up our Harvey Norman women's premiership site, Central Coast Roosters. And, um, yeah, we've had a lot of success, obviously had some good players. Mm. Um, obviously, Isabel Kelly's probably the main name people will know as the captain of the site. Um, but, but we've also really fo- got a heavy focus on the younger girls as well. Like, it's not just the women that are playing. Um, we run a under-17s Lisa Viola um, team, Central Coast Roosters, um and they compete in that in that gala day um or to gala weekend this year and then from there the the, the central coast girls out of that squad we send down to sydney for our uh, under 19s tasha Gale um squad so yeah look we've got um last year we had i think there was 10 10 or 11 girls playing tasha gale and a similar number this year from the central coast so obviously the pathway we want them to take is is to play tasha Gale you know then progress into our harvey norman but that's That's not just the Central Coast girls, we want the Sydney girls from our Tarsie also to progress into our Harvey Norman squad, uh, which we want to be a genuine feeder then for our NRLW, Sydney Roosters side. So, look, it's all really connecting well together.
2: John, I spoke to you uh, with Bells, we're up in the Captain's Club, round one versus Knights, about the excitement I find in the women's football. I think they chance their arm more, they throw the ball around a little bit, which Uh, You sort of said, yeah, I know, I don't really want that. I need a bit more structure, and I loved it. Well, yesterday we proved I was right, and thank you for that. Um, (laughs) No, I'm joking. Um, yesterday we saw an exciting brand of football. Is there a bit of a difference between our women's side and the men's side and just the way they approach the game? Uh, I don't know, is there a major difference for you as a coach knowing both games so well?
1: Oh, look, not necessarily. I think it's it's getting closer, to be honest. If I look back at the women's game, you know, three or four years ago, I think it was just a lot of one out, a lot of one out footy and um, big hits. You know, the girls have always been tough. Mm. Um, I don't think the skill levels quite been the same, to be honest. But the last couple of years, that's you know that's really come along. So I think the, the gap has really closed in. You know, if you look at the way the girls played, you would basically say, you know, from a Roosters fan from NRL, you'd say that was Roosters footy. Mm. They never gave up. Obviously, you know, going down sixteen nil after thirteen minutes, then having someone in in the bin. There was always that belief amongst the girls and that's something that we've worked really hard over the last few months to instil in, in the side because, we, you know, belief is everything and the girls just kept, kept going and kept playing footy. And, and I said to the girls after the game that, um, you know, with 15 minutes to go in that game, they actually broke the Broncos, which I don't think anyone's ever done that to that side. They've been together for a long time and obviously been completely dominant. But they they literally broke them, um, and they were out on their feet. The Broncos and, and our girls just just kept going, and, and they played some exciting footy as well. So um, and there's a lot of skill in that side. So we certainly want to make sure that they, you know, they're, they're putting on a show and um, and playing some good footy um, along the way as well.
0: Just on that game yesterday, John. After, you know, 16 nil down, after that um, first 20 minutes, what was the word that you actually did send out to these girls to just lift their game like that? And where do you think that came from yesterday?
1: Look, it wasn't necessarily something that that was um, relayed yesterday. It's, it, it's been building, but especially during the week, um, Tuesday session, we, you know, we, we got in the sheds and we just spoke about the fact that no one's given us a chance. Obviously, the Broncos, you know, mentioned they probably already booked their accommodation at Redcliffe you know, things like that. And it was just that there was a lot of discussion around, you know what, um, no one's given us a chance, so how about just us? We gather together and we show the Broncos and everyone else, you know, what this group's made of. So it really started during the week to, to build that up and, um, you know, every session we build on that. And then obviously before kickoff, um, we just carried that in. And, and and even though things didn't go our way, you know, we made a couple of errors and put pressure on ourselves. I... I total confidence in the girls. I knew the attitude was there. They, they weren't going to crack. Um, it might have looked like that at 16-0, but uh, if we got the footy, you know, it was, it was 20 minutes into the game. We, did, we actually didn't have to play of the ball in their half. So, you know, with that and, and some areas that we put on ourselves, I, I knew that the girls would steady and get themselves in the game and then when we had possession, would be able to turn it around. And, and we did discuss as well that there's not too many teams that are able to put pressure on the Broncos and I felt as if we could put pressure on them yeah, we would break them. And and like I said, in the second half, that was that was clear for everyone to see they were they were broken side because of um the relentlessness of um of the girls out there.
3: John, obviously a lot's been said about the back five and the and the performances they you know, had as a collective, but I too impressed me was Taylor Priderborn particularly in the, that last part of the first half when you started to gain that ascendancy. She had some huge carries, quick play of the balls, and I, th- I feel like they got off the, the back of her momentum and you scored a couple of points off the back of that.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned, Taylor. Like, There's a lot of girls in this squad that when I spoke to people before round one and, you know, we went over our squad and there is some some really well-known girls in there, but there's also quite a lot of girls that hadn't played in an and Taylor's one of them. Uh, and I said to a few people that there's some girls that you won't know now but you certainly will know who they are by the end of the comp and Taylor's Taylor's one of them so she started with us in in 2020 with in the Harvey Norman side uh Annie Young you know she's only 21 and um you know she's just worked incredibly hard on her game yeah like I thought that was a, a best effort but she's a, it's it's really what she's got in a, in her mind her strength of character um that Basically allowed her to play like that. She's she's someone that I know that I can challenge at any stage, especially if you're coming up against Millie Boyle and Chelsea Leonarducci. And mm. she to it, and she certainly did. One of the shots she put on Millie there during the game really rocked Millie. And I don't know if too many girls have done that. So yeah, she was just one of one of many girls that have probably, like I said, not really well known. Um, but hopefully they are they are now in the rugby league world.
3: And and I do note too. Uh, as we learn more about the women's game, finding players. So, for example, Jocelyn Keller, you found her kicking the AFL footy around. Tell us a bit about that story.
1: Yeah, so uh, same age as my daughter, actually, on the Central Coast, who's played a few different sports, as a lot of the girls do when they they grow up. And she played AFL for the Kalanagawa Bombers. And so I'd head out there on a Sunday and watch my daughter play. And and Jocelyn was one of the teammates. And, yeah, she could kick a ball really fast. She was uh, aggressive. A spatial awareness is something I noticed. Obviously, it's a different game, but she played in the middle, Joss, and, um, she could just look around quite easily and, um, and get the ball to where the space is and things like that. So, um, and then she ended up coming in and playing for our Central Coast Roosters Ladies League tag side in 2019, um, played as a middle and went really well there. And, and in the grand final, um, we were watching the grand final up at Wyong. She kicked the, kicked the field goal in the last 30 seconds to win the game. You know, knowing that she was, she had the the nows to do that and how she played at league tag, but all, obviously having the background of the physicality of, um, you know, when she played AFL, she mixed it in there. I was pretty confident that she'd be able to be a, you know, turn that into a good rugby league player. So I just called her up and asked if she wanted to try them, um, for the Harvey Norman side when we went, you know, when we introduced the side in 2020. And she sort of was, you know, oh, Bit cruisy with it, or do you think I'd go okay? And I said, "Yeah, I think you will, Joss. Let's um let's give it a go." And um, she started every game that year in the back row in twenty twenty, and and then last year I had spoke to before the season and said, "I'm going to look at playing at halfback." And um, she's never played there before, but once again, I, I was really confident she could do that. And. Um, you know, she's played half and five eight for us this year, but as you saw yesterday, um, playing a fairly dominant role at Hooker, like she yep. was outstanding there as well. So yeah, she's just someone that um I'm really proud of who's come from, like I said, sort of finding it at the local park, kicking it an AFL ball. Mm,
3: it's a great story.
1: Big stage and scoring the match winning draw yesterday. Talking about
3: kicks, that repeat set off the booters of Zahara tomorrow. That was a you know, that was a big moment yeah. in the game. You scored off it. She was pretty impressive too. As as was her half-partner, um, Bracey McGregor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She's really calm and cool, um, Z. She's pretty pretty relaxed, but she's got a good good footing head on her shoulders. And, you know, it was a really smart play. 16-all, um, that was fourth tackle as well, so she obviously knew the um, the open-side wing was going to be up. So she put a good kick in, um, perfect kick, landed in goal. But also, as I was saying goes, she kicks only as good as you chase and and Izzy Kelly, who sprinted down there to trap Tamika up and in. Um, so both of those girls combined there to basically set us up in the next set for us to, for Joss to score that try. So without Z's calm head and, and ping, pinpoint accuracy with a kick, um, you know, we don't score that try in the next set. So, yeah, that was that was an outstanding play.
0: Well, John, looking to Sunday now, taking on the Mighty Dragons up there at Red Cliff. When is the team heading up there?
1: Yeah, so we're going to fly fly up there on Thursday. So, yeah, we'll leave pretty early, 9 o'clock on uh, Thursday morning, fly to Sydney. And, um, yeah, we've got a training session um, at 12.30 yeah, in the afternoon, so we'll have that. Uh, and then we've got another captain's run on on Saturday before we play on Sunday. So the preparation would be very similar, almost the same as what we've done for the last few weeks. So getting that consistency um, is really important for the girls as well.
3: John, just a, a question away from football. We've spoken to Corbin Baxter last year. She's a mum. She's, you know, running a business, obviously playing football. For the playing group, how do they get the time off work and, and everything else that comes with being a professional footballer or, or semi-professional footballer? How do they juggle all these responsibilities, be it motherhood, job, so on and so forth? They're women.
0: <laughs> no, that's just natural. natural <laughs> yeah.
1: Multitask. I don't think I could, but... Um, no, they're very look. It's it's a credit to them, you know. They've all got different scenarios as well. You know, some are working nights, you know, and they're sort of trying to get a couple of hours sleeping before training. Uh, obviously, some are parents, like you mentioned, there with Corbs and you got to you know they got to get kids to school and pick them up, and, and also work in between, and then and then head to training. So look, it's yeah, it's a challenge for them, but that just shows the commitment that these girls have to the game. They love the game of rugby league more than anyone, um, and I can see that as a coach. Um, Which is part of the reason why I love coaching them. They just they got a real passion for the game. So yeah, there's a lot of sacrifices they make, and obviously, I think we're in a transitional period at the moment from you know where they were probably three or four years ago to hopefully getting into a position where they can you know be you know be paid more money in time, and then um, that can relieve a bit of bit of that pressure from needing to work as much as they do. So look, I think that'll take time. Obviously, it's it's like that now with the boys, but the boys have been playing for a long time. But I think the way the girls, especially yesterday's game, is an example if they can continue to put on a show like that um, and generate interest, um, especially throughout the corporate world and um, sponsorship and stuff like that, through their performances, I don't think it will be too far away.
0: And a show it was, that's for sure. Um, I'm really looking forward to the game on Sunday. If you can just let us know, what do you have to do to bring the victory home for us on Sunday against the Dragons?
1: Yeah, look, obviously we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time on them, not too much, but, um, you know, we only played them last week, so uh, Emmett Onigato was very good at fullback. back Elsie um, Albert at front row was getting them going forward, but they've also got Kezi Apps and Keely Davis, uh, Quincy Dodd, Jamie Chapman, so they've, they've got strike players all over the park, so we can't really focus too much on them as individuals. Um, we will do a little bit of detail on them, but there's going to be a heavy focus on us, and it's, you know, we know what we want to do, We've really got our style now down pat and we're happy with with our attack. But to win a grand final, it's going to be effort, you know, effort in defence, effort in attack off the ball, all those, um, as we call them, important areas. It's it's going to be all about that if, if the girls are going to beat the Dragons. So we've been, you know, really a really good consistent side in this NLW campaign. So, you know, just because the girls knocked off the Broncos yesterday, we, we certainly don't think we've um, got our hands around that trophy at the moment. We know we've got a Um, work really hard again. So it's just going to be a um, a big effort by the girls to, uh, to get the win for sure.
0: And just out of interest, do the girls have Mad Monday? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I want to know I, I yeah. want to go I
1: don't know I'll let you
0: know about that
1: I think there's a silly Sunday they usually do but because we're playing on sun- Sunday I don't know if that'll happen but um, yeah I'll let you know you can take my spot
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Flotation <laughs> tank 205 cappuccinos, cappuccinos, <laughs> You're all good. John, we want to say thanks so much for uh, debooing on Roosters Radio, but mostly just the leadership, mate. You know, you wouldn't know the difference in which side you coach. You just, you talk about Roosters footy. Well, you know, we've interviewed them all over the last 10 years and we can certainly say, mate, you're right up there with, you know, just the composure and the calmness. And it's so good to have such leadership. And you just, you can see the the culture at the club right across, including this podcast, in fact. So we're really proud of it too. And we're proud to have you on. We want to wish you the best. Thanks so much for spending time with us today.
1: No worries. Thanks, thanks a lot and I uh, appreciate your support.
2: Just remember last time we played the Dragons, they got us in a grand final, but the time before that, it was 38 nil. now. You look more Fitzgibbon than Beetson, but Channel Beetson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll go with that. <laughs> thanks, mate. See you, John. Thanks, John. Cheers. Good luck. Yeah, take Bye. care. Thank you. Ta.
2: Well, what a great interview, Bells and, uh, and Silky. And and what I love most about that is how many times Silky, if you listen back, he used the word belief. And I think, yeah. I think yesterday, if you watch that game, you know, Bells, I know at first, you know, you're thinking, jeez, we're, 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 we're shot here. Oh, I thought we were
0: in Barney Rubble big time.
2: Yeah, and, and we were talking about it. And we we're all texting each other and everything else. But belief, belief is what they had. And they just played with such belief. And it is no mean feat to break a Broncos side. I'm, I'm, yeah. I love watching the women's game. I told you, the Women's State of Origins, a really exciting game for me to watch. And then as you've seen the NRLW develop, and as John rightfully said there, our, our great coach, John, you know, the girls are really, really just evolving and evolving. And eventually, I think, Bells, you're going to find uh, I, I wouldn't say a quality to like the tennis players. I, I understand that. But they deserve, you know, to be really recognised, both financially and, you know, throughout the fans, through a fan base. So I think it's great.
3: I, I've got to say, some of the performances look, we, we could have waxed lyrical about, you know, players one through 17. There was a. Defensive effort with about two minutes to go. Yeah. Broncos Hannah Southwell, like w- yep. we've talked about her plenty of times mm-hmm. on the show, she I don't know if it was Millie Ball, but she picked a player up, cut her in half, drove her into the ground. Mm-hmm. Jessica Surges up and in, like the the Broncos were known for their their pace on the on the on the wings and the, their their uh, star fullback. But Jess Surges and Isabel Kelly, Corbin Baxter at the back, she threw that beautiful pass to the winger that they scored just before half time. Sam Walker style pass, you call it. Yeah, it, just a it was just a floater. Ball. Yeah, oh, it was nice. When they came out for that second half, every time they had the football, they were just, you know, through the middle, just big carries. They bent their back. And even in the commentary, uh, Ruan Sims kept saying it throughout the commentary how the Broncos look shot. Mm. You know, they're bending them back when we've got the football. You just knew it was coming. And uh, there was that magical kick that we just touched on where they got the dropout and I think they scored on the third tackle. And yep. from there on, it, they, they never looked like scoring the Broncos.
2: Well, I think he summed it up there. They broke them. and Yeah, correct. You know, it's they probably. Were h- rattled. Yeah, Yeah, it's probably hard. It's a physical game. Very physical. But it would be hard being the Broncos, to be fair. I mean, they've been at the top of their game for three years. Everyone lifts, but our girls just lifted. And I think on the back of what the coaches instilled to them, and it's belief.
3: Yeah, couldn't agree more. You're on Roosters Radio, and we'll be back right after this. Now, guys, if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game both Friday night and Sunday afternoon, well, there's no better place than the official home of the Sydney Roosters, East Leagues. Deck yourself out in red, white and blue and join the Roosters faithful to cheer on the boys Friday night up against the Broncos and of course our girls in the big grand final matchup against the Dragons. Don't forget, at the completion of both matches, 49% off drinks for two hours. You can't beat that for a deal. So head on up to East Bondi Junction, the official home of the Sydney Roosters. Are ah, you ready? Yeah! Welcome back to Roosters Radio, guys. Two big matches, both in Queensland, nonetheless. Our boys taking on the Broncos, 7.55 up there at Suncorp. And, of course, our ladies in the grand final against the Dragons, Playing up at Redcliffe on Sunday, one thirty PM kickoff. Let's start with the ladies. I know uh, Bush. In the past, we've gone up and watched a game there at the old boys' can bar on the hill. There, not sure if it's still there at uh, Redcliffe. Great place to watch footy. Uh, it's going to be a mouthwatering event. How do you see it?
2: Yeah, look, I think they've taken a lot of um, you know belief into last week's game. I think you just heard Coach John Strange talk about, you know, they don't feel they've got the hands on the trophy. They've got a lot of work to do. So that's a really good sign. Look, Dragons have got a great side. Some good some big name players in the NRLW. Um, you know, got that exciting young fullback, too, who's, you know, got speed to burn that, that pulled down Jess Sergis just short of line after a, a magnificent run. But I think, uh, you know, look, our girls seem to be on a trajectory that no one can stop. So it's pretty exciting for the NRLW team. It's something that the Roosters pride themselves on. Bringing home trophies, South fans would know that they've supplied the timber, so uh, it's uh, it's exciting week for us. I think we're going to get up.
3: Bells, your thoughts?
0: Yes, I agree. Bush, um, they have the momentum at the moment. They played a great game together, and it was it was such a team effort on Sunday uh, to beat the Broncos the way that they did. So to go up there on Sunday, they know they can do it. They did it on Sunday, and. As you just mentioned, again, the belief that they've got with themselves as a team, I think they'll go out and have a great game. Um, they'll go up there and they'll have a cracker and I'm um, just all the best of luck to those girls and I hope they come away with a win. Score prediction, guys?
2: Yeah, feel a score prediction for the girls. Roosters 16, Dragons 14.
3: Oh, I like it. Yeah,
2: bounce.
0: Nice, nice. I'm going to pick 22-18 again. Mm, I've nice. just got, okay. yep, it's going to happen. I think it's going to be
3: tight. Yeah, I think there might be a few more points. I'm going to say Roosters 24 Dragons 20.
2: Yeah, I don't mind that either. Nice. Well, we want to say good luck to all our girls and uh, we're right with you. And the momentum and the energy seems to be building. So uh, let's just hope they continue that trajectory, as we said, Silky, and bring home that silverware because Nick Politis has got one cupboard door open.
3: And then let's move on to the game Friday night. Our boys taking on the Broncos. bit of drama up there in yeah, uh, so Red Hill. Just... Uh, if you look at the uh, social media, a couple of the players getting at it, which may disrupt uh, their training this week. Look, they got touched up on the weekend.
2: They did. So inconsistent. Uh, you know, th- they had the trials and they looked, you know, it was all right. And then you come off last year with player movement and everyone likes Kevin Walters and loves his story. And, you know, he's, he seems like such a great guy, somebody you could play for you can't get a handle on how the Broncos would be. Whereas I thought the Cowboys after smashing the Broncos would have come out. So really, really, really difficult to judge, but you know, not caring about what they're doing. We're only caring what we're doing off the back of what we did last week. All we have to do is rinse and repeat. And I think we'll be fine. There's nothing else to be said.
3: In the press conference, Teddy talked about consistency. I think that's the, the key word here that our boys have to play consistently good football, you know, keep the errors out. But Bells, what are your thoughts?
0: I think they're going to have another great game. They've stayed up there this week, so yeah. they're in the Sunshine State of Queensland, and so hopefully their preparation for this game will be on point, uh, being up there and being able to train in the sunshine. Uh, however, I just think they're going to go really well. They're going to that consistency is going to stay, and you know is just going to be commanding them all over the park again, and and Walker's going to have his flair, and I think it's going to be a big score the Roosters' way.
2: Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm with Bells. I think it's Roosters 32, Broncos 6, Sam Walker man of the match in front of his home crowd uh, and all of his family and goal kicking probably s- 5 from 6 or okay, 4 like from it. 5 or something like that. Just really putting a great game together. He's a great young kid. Bells?
0: Big score for me as well, 38-20.
3: Oh, they're not, they're not going to score that many points. No I'm going to say Roosters yeah, 44, <laughs> Broncos 12.
0: But I'm going to say, I'm
3: expecting a big performance from Lindsey Collins. Now, he's yeah. probably going to come off the bench. We're coming into state of origin, period, obviously. Lindsay was one of the first picked uh, two years ago before he did his knee. I just think he's back at home.
0: Yep. Bit to play for He's
3: a proud Queenslander I'm expecting a big game from him Maven's crossed the stripe There you go Lindsay Collins is a try scorer Anytime try scorer Wow and your he, he pays
2: good balls. odds
0: yeah. he, he pays good are... odds He's about 10 bucks anytime you, <laughs> I should know <laughs> I'll
2: tell you what He cuts a mean figure in the dressing room afterwards oh, he does yeah.
3: You <laughs> See, and and bit Oh yeah bit
0: The jiggy jig yeah, of the yeah, hips yeah.
3: <laughs> Well guys that's it for another episode You've been listening to Roosters Radio Want to wish our NRLW team the best of luck and you. Thank our guest today John Strange for joining us that's it for Roosters Radio East, East to, to win. win East know how to play the game they play it hard and fair East know how to
1: win the game they give more than their share they're great to see in action these
0: boys are show the way put the Roosters on the field they'll show